Well, I will tell you, I have thoroughly enjoyed watching that, listening to that, uh, listening to the music this morning, too. And uh, back behind the curtain, I'm doing the hand motions along with them. So I'm Linton Phillips, and uh, I do have the privilege of serving here on the Elder Board. But today, I'm standing up here as uh, basically a father of three kids that went through Blast Ministries from the day they were born up until now. One of them still up here on stage as a junior, um, and all three of my kids, along with myself, serve um, in Blast Ministries on Sunday morning. My wife, Heather, teaches the kindergartners, and then we serve along there as long as uh, shepherds leading them. And I've just had the pleasure of seeing what happens Every week as they hear stories like Christy was sharing with them this morning. And so what I'm doing today is just sharing with you a little bit from an adult perspective, uh, this uh, similar, the story of Joshua. So as I was preparing for this, I wanted to share with you uh, the only thing, I, one of the big things I, could, I thought of when I was reading through Joshua is a movie that came to mind. And uh, our family really enjoys the movie Elf around Christmas time. And uh, if you remember, there's a scene where he's eating breakfast, Will Ferrell's eating breakfast, and he's literally dressed as an elf, and he's got a big plate of spaghetti, and then he takes the spaghetti and he pours some syrup on it, and he puts some whipped cream on it, and he puts some mints and chocolate syrup and um, marshmallows and all kinds of other stuff. And then what does he do? He starts eating it with a fork, and then the next thing you know, he just says, forget it, and he grabs his hands and he takes it on. He takes it and starts shoving it in his mouth. And I wanted to show the video, but we had a little trouble with the video and stuff today. But I think we've got a picture up that shows, yeah, a little bit what he looks like as he's trying to eat that. And so now you're going, Linton, what does that have to do with uh, Joshua and uh, of the Bible? And uh, I think I'm going to have us hold on to that for a second and um, open up Scripture for a minute. So if you would, if in our, our Scripture today is going to be Joshua 23 through 24 starting with 23.1, and if you have one of the blue Bibles, it's on page 251, and as you're turning there, uh, I'm just going to set the scene for you, and it's similar to what we heard on the video a minute ago. Joshua, as a man, had led the Israelites into the promised land, and they're settled in. You know, they're settled in now. He's an old man. He knows that his call is winding down, and he's probably about to die. And so what I read out of this is he's basically given them a message of encouragement. He's given them a warning, and then at the end he issues them a challenge. And that's what I want to discuss uh, today. Basically, hey, what should they be doing now? They're settled into the promised land. So let's read Joshua 23, verses 1 to 5. A long time afterward, when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their surrounding enemies, and Joshua was old and well advanced in years, Joshua summoned all of Israel, its elders and heads, its judges and officers, and said to them, I am now old and well advanced in years, and you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake, for it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. Behold, I have allotted to you as an inheritance for your tribes those nations that remain, along with all the nations that I've already cut off from the Jordan to the great sea in the west. 
The Lord your God will push them back before you and drive them out of your sight, and then you shall possess their land just as the Lord your God promised you. And then as we saw in the video, you could read a parallel in chapter 24 where Joshua gives a wonderful history of all that the Lord has given or all that he's done for his people. He gave specifics on how God was involved with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Esau, Moses, Aaron. God led them through the exit from Egypt, the chase through the Red Sea. As they wandered in the wilderness, he was still with them. He lists the people that God conquered for them. And then finally, in verse 13, there's one other thing I want to read to you. It says, this is from God. I gave you a land on which you had not even labored and cities you had not built and you dwell in them. You eat the fruit of vineyards and olive orchards that you did not plant. Now, you could look at that and go, man, how inspiring could that have been? Joshua's leaving And he's still sitting there and he's telling them, listen, gang, all this stuff you've been through, it's not about you. It's it's been how I, Yahweh, as the Lord, brought you through all of this. I gave you protection. Um, I provided for you. I did all of this for you. And I would hope that would be an encouragement to the people that God has taken them through that history. So then I asked for us, Do you ever stop and do that? Do you ever take the time to see what God has done for you? What's he protected you from? What's he taken you through? I know I can think of specific times that God has led me through many things. He sustained me. Now, I can look back and and, and look at all the things in the Bible, starting with the cross of what Christ did for me, but I can also make it personal. I can see personal markers in my life where I was saved and when I was six years old, how God provided me a lovely wife, the hard times through the death of, parent, death of my father, through infertility that Heather and I dealt with, God sustained us and brought us through that. We didn't know if we were going to have kids or not, yet he provided and gave us uh, three wonderful kids. Those are markers that I can remember that God brought me through. You know, and I'm going to encourage you to do this too. Just like Joshua encouraged his people, there are times when we need to sit back and say, hey, it's not about me. It's what has God sustained me through? What has he brought me through? So I encourage you to do that. Just as he led his people, it's important for us to do that. And then let's move on. Let's look at what the warning that he provided that Joshua said after that. And we can find that in chapter 23, verses 6 to 7. And then I'm going to skip down verses 11 to 13. Therefore, be very strong to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right hand nor to the left, that you may not mix with these nations remaining among you or making mention of the gods or swear by them or serve them or bow down to them. In verse 11. Be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God, For if you turn back and cling to the remnant of these nations remaining among you and make marriages with them so that you associate them and they with you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you, but they shall be a snare and a trap for you, a whip on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from off this good ground that the Lord your God has given you. 
So right after his encouragement, he gives him a warning. And what is that? Remember what the Lord has done for you. Keep all and do that's in the book of Moses. Don't mix. Don't mix with these nations remaining among you or even make mention of their names. And, and, you know, why not? Why would Joshua tell them to do that? Well, the theme here is that the Israelites could still be swayed to worship other gods, to worship other idols. We call that sin. Remember, God had already said through Moses, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Basically, Joshua is telling them, listen, gang, you've got to cut it out. You can't mix following God and still follow these other idols. And as history tells us, can't we look back and see that every time they did that, quite honestly, when they ignored the charge, that's where they sinned and that's where they ran into trouble. Once again, practically for our own lives, how often do we do that? How often do we say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but yet I'm still mixing, I'm chasing other things that aren't good for me? Now, now listen, God calls it sin. I want to make it, I'm trying to make it practical for us today, but, you know, how many times do I say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing, I, I want to follow Christ, but on the other hand, I'm, I'm chasing popularity, um, I'm chasing a job title, I'm chasing finances, I'm letting things get in my way of my joy of chasing Christ. And like it says, it results in traps, it results in snares, basically it makes a mess. And from the outside looking in, I think sometimes we look like Will Ferrell, where we're just trying to take all this junk and mix it in, and then what do we do? We make a mess. And that's what I look like to other people when I'm chasing different things. And that doesn't even count the other side of it. It's a few days later when it's in me, and then I'm miserable and I feel guilty. That is not a person that's joy-filled that's chasing after Christ. So fortunately... Then Joshua mentions to them, hey, look, but you can do something about this. Okay, he mentioned, he gave them encouragement. Then he gave them the warning. And now he's saying, listen, here's my challenge to you. Before I go, this is what I'm asking you to do. And we can find this. I'm going to ask you to flip over to chapter 20. Can I write that down right? should be chapter 24. Verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." So here's the challenge he gave me. He said, hey, listen, choose. He's telling them now, quit messing around with this. Gang, look what our God's brought us through. And we still have people now that are playing games with this. Don't do that. Make a decision. Don't mix. Choose one way or the other. Either either choose to follow Yahweh God or choose these other guys. But quit mixing the two. That's what he left them with. Be intentional. And then he... Then he challenged them, hey, I did. My family, we will serve the Lord. So in Joshua's time, they had to choose between Yahweh and God and idols. Now in our day, we have a choice between Jesus 
and the world. Yahweh, God, in his plan, sent his son, Jesus, to save us from our sins. Now, another difference we have between the Israelites of old and us here in the New Testament is we have a chance to have a personal relationship with Christ. And he's also given us the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to help guide us in the choices that we make. You know, this is what we teach every Sunday morning to the kids with Blast Ministry. We call them to choose to follow Jesus, as you heard Christy talk about, and we use the curriculum, the Gospel Project. It includes stories from the Bible. It gives an overall theme that basically said, there's a God up in heaven that loves you. There's sin that separates us from God. And then we discuss that because of that separation, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, as a atonement or as a... He, he gave up his life for our sin so that one day we can have fellowship back with God. And the stories we share may be a little different at a, you know, for a child as they, as they get a little older, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. And it may be a little different here. It's down to their level. Um, but it's the same story, and it's clear that you can't mix following Jesus with following the world, chasing idols, And that would include putting your own dreams, uh, your own plans that are not God-ordained in front of him. Like I said, you get trapped, you get ensnared, and your life will reflect it. You've got to choose to be intentional, to follow Christ, and lead the desires of this world. Now, some of you may already be a Christian, and you're saying, Linton, I've already made that choice. I'm a Christ follower. And that's great. Um, but maybe sometimes you're like me and uh, you still need to reflect back on this message and go, okay, what are the little things in life that are still ensnaring me from a day-to-day standpoint? Or what are, the, what are the things where maybe because of my own apathy I'm letting things get in that are affecting me choosing to follow Christ as well on a daily basis? What are the places where I'm not being intentional with that? I still have to do this often. And I've thought about it, too. I've got three kids, I told you earlier, and two of them are about to be uh, seniors in high school. And we took the last few weeks of their spring break and went and visited some college campuses. And it dawned on me, and I started preaching to them a little bit, going, you know, you know Austin, Ashley, you're, it's a year from now, you're going to be going to these colleges, and you're not going to have mom and dad following you around going, get up, go to school, go to church, read your Bible, are there any boys going to be at that party or any girls going to be there? Are they going to be drinking? Anything like that. You don't have your dad and mom as your Holy Spirit to stay on you. So you know what you need to remember? You've got to remember, I'm, you're a child of the one true king. Remember, remember, be encouraged. God has brought you here. Remember the markers that brought you here. The next thing, don't mix. Chase after Christ. Don't mix all this other stuff that could bog you down while you're here in college. Chase after him. And finally, choose. Choose to follow him. Be intentional every day. If you don't, it's going to get messy. You're going to be in a mess, and it's going to be bad. And then some of you may be here today, and you're just visiting, or, um, you know, we're glad you're here, and maybe you're going, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't understand what it means to be a Christ follower. And that's okay, too. That's the part I want to share with you. The same thing as we talk to the kids, the story's the same for you. There's a God in heaven that loves you, 
He's not given up on you. But because of our sin in our lives, we're separated from him. But in his wisdom, he sent his son to die for you. And all you have to do is pray to him and accept him today. Now, sometimes in church, we make it a little complicated, but it's not that complicated. All you do is you say a prayer that's something like this. It says, God, I realize I'm a sinner. I confess that and I ask for forgiveness. Because of that sin, I know that I'm separated from you and I realize you've paid for my sin and I'm thankful for that. And I want you to come in and be the Lord of my life today. And that's my challenge for you. Choose. Be intentional. Choose Christ. That was the message from Joshua. Choose this day whom you will serve. But it's for me and my house we will serve the Lord. I'm going to stick around after. If there's anything that's, that's pricked your heart today, I'm going to be up here at the front. There will be other people up here, but I'd love the opportunity to talk to you about this a little further today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the chance just to um, worship you today with the kids. Father, I thank you for all the people that are serving, um, sharing Christ to these kids on a weekly basis, for all the people that are serving. Father, I thank you for the message from Joshua it's the same that Jesus told us here on earth. Be, be neither, be hot or be cold. Love the Lord your God. Father, thank you for that message this morning. Uh, be with us as we continue through our service today. We ask these things in your name. Amen.